0: Welcome to the Sweet Seats Podcast. I'm Noah Prillo, alongside my colleagues Derek Steele, Reese Meach, what's up, Lennon
1: Potter, hello, and
0: Danny Babcock. What's up, Noah? Today we're gonna be talking about the NHL, the hockey pucks, skating up and down the ice. And I just want to say, first and foremost, congratulations to the Minnesota Wild for finally having a wagon of a hockey team. Can we all give a round of applause? It's been so long for a great hockey state like that to not have a great team and they finally uh decided to you know start winning games and start putting pucks in the net.
1: Uh yeah, I think a big I think that like a big reason for that is I think a big reason for that is definitely uh Kirill Kaprizov, you know, rookie sensation last year. They just got him back from Russia. I know he had thoughts about signing with the KHL, didn't do that, instead they got him back and now he's playing well, and also they got Cam Talbot back there in that. He's also been playing really well this year. and Now Wild wow, are starting to look good again, and it feels great to be a. Uh, I bet it feels great to be a Wild fan right now, just the way that their team's playing.
0: You know it's so hard to watch sports in Minnesota. So having Cam Talbot having the most wins and uh, all the NHL for any goalie, and have one of the top saving percentage. You know Minnesota is such a great hockey state that. It's just a great feeling. It's always better. The league's always better when Minnesota's winning. So, Reese, uh, there's a little chatter about uh, Ovechkin versus McDavid oh before <laughs> the podcast started. Let me, let me hear your thoughts on that.
2: All right. First off, <clears throat> I'm going to bring up McDavid. He's going to be the greatest hockey player of all time. Connor McDavid. Now, as I know Danny's a big Ovechkin guy, let me, let me make a great comparison that will put this in your head well. Ovechkin's the Frank Gore. Of the NHL.
3: You can be no, around no, forever. No.
2: Keep putting up stats. It doesn't mean that you're good. He he might have started off a little hot this season. He's at 44 points right now. But let, let me tell you this Oveshkin is at 44 points in 28 games played. Connor McDavid's only played 26 and got forty five. And that's two games behind.
1: All right, Reese. I'm not taking away anything from Connor McDavid. I really do think that he is the best player in the league right now. Best player of all time, definitely not. That's Wayne Gretzky 100%. It's not even going to be close. I said it's coming. McDavid will not even come close. But Ovechkin, right now, now, Ovechkin in his career has more goals per game than Wayne Gretzky averaged during his career. Alex Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. He's at 750 already, fourth all-time, already has 20 this year in 28 games, on pace for another 50-goal season. You just wait. He's breaking that 894. He's getting 900 goals in his career, and he's going to be – Number one all time by the time he th- ties up the cleats. Nah, like, hey, once Ovechkin's little
2: old knees snap out and he can't
3: skate anymore,
2: that that uh, record ain't going to be broke.
3: That's comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan, though, because those are two different, completely different eras they played in. That's saying Jordan played back in the 80s and 90s where LeBron James is playing today. Same thing with Wayne Gretzky. He played back in a much more physical era where Alex Ovechkin's uh, – it's not as physical. I think we all can agree – The NHL isn't as physical as it used to be. But let's take a look at Alex Ovechkin's stats in the last five games. In the last five games, he scored one goal. It was December 4th against Columbus. (laughs) He has not scored one goal since December 4th. They've played Anaheim, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo.
1: Okay.
0: Just throwing that out there. Those are bottom tier teams, by the way. Exactly.
1: Well, Anaheim's actually, uh, they're first in the Pacific right now, and they're second in the whole West, so you can't really call them bottom tier. And Derek now the NHL was more physical back in the 80s but you look at those Oilers teams that they played they were fast teams that would get the puck down the ice and they would just go and score they would score a lot of goals so and also I would say this like Patrick Waugh when he came in in the 90s he was really the first goalie to like put the butterfly uh, put the butterfly into effect as a goaltender like you watch Gretzky highlights you see a bunch of goalies who don't really bend their knees and don't go down the ice like Goaltending has gotten better, and obviously play has gotten a lot more skillful instead of physical now. I still think that Gretzky is the greatest because obviously he has more assists than anyone else has points in their career. But I think that Ovechkin's game go down as just the greatest goal scorer just because of his pure ability to put that. the puck in the net. I can see that.
3: I could completely see that.
0: Uh, Lyndon, I heard you had some stats you want to share. The you are a resident uh, weird stat guy.
4: Man, <coughs> I just think... There's a lot of ice left to be skated, you know. Playoffs don't start until May 2nd. The debate, there's still a lot of uh, injuries left to be had. You know, I'm not a guy who loves injuries, but I hope for the best for these players, but there's still a lot of ice left to be skated. I think it's too close to be drawing conclusions about the season.
0: Fair enough. I get that. How about we talk about our hometown Red Wings? Finally, after a few years of just... I had a lot to say about that. And guys are going to be trusted. That's all I gotta Absolutely. say. Absolutely, Trust girl. the Iser plan. Derek, we'll kick it to you. See okay. what you have to say.
3: So first off, I just want to say Iserman's done a great job with the Red Wings. He's doing what the to the Red Wings what he did to the Lightning. It's getting those young players, developing them, turning them into superstars. You saw it with Dylan Larkin. You're seeing it with Lucas Raymond and Marty Sider. And I, I really think we're gonna continue to see that with Iserman. And who knows? Right now. The Red Wings went on a five- or six-game winning streak before losing two in a row. I, I really think that once they get a coach, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NHL. Absolutely. I mean, but the coach is so
0: important. A coaching change in hockey is a lot different than any other sport because it really yeah. rallies up people because hockey, I'd say, really, even though you may not be in the playoffs or the wild card spot right now, it's very easy to, like, not easiness per se, but it's the easiest to get back in it, keep, like, rallying points together, trying yeah. to try to go for that final wild card spot you saw with the Blues. You might see with the Blackhawks this year, with their coaching change after the whole scandal, they seem to have uh, kind of picked it up together, and I feel like a lot of that team's rallying with the new front office, just, you know, all that bad uh, organization blood finally out, finally out after what had what happened. And I think they could be a uh, strong contender to come back and make the wild card spot. As for the Red Wings, I believe th- it's kind of like the perfect scenario with a lot of Detroit teams with a young, like a lot of young guys. But you know they keep finding a way to win. Same with the Tigers; the, they're both like the youngest team in their uh, respective leagues, but they're finding ways to win and then uh, keep going with their guys and just keep having them play at a high
3: level and it's looking really good for them. I really think the Red Wings are in the same exact boat where the Tigers are because you think about it, the Red Wings had, what, 25 years in a row in the playoffs, I believe it was. So that, the, I think it was 26, actually. 26, actually, 20, 20, I 25, 26, yeah. somewhere around Some, there. Something like that. So you have just that consistency for the team – and then you bring in Blaschel, you start to rebuild. I really think that the Red Wings are in the same boat as the Tigers are. You really start started seeing it with the Tigers this offseason, starting to sign guys like your Javier Baez, your Tucker Barnhart, just players like that. And we're really going to start seeing that with the Red Wings. Now it's all about building that winning culture and just getting those guys that want to come back to Detroit and make Detroit a winning team. And we're really starting to see that. And I think that getting the coach of the future will help a lot, like they did with the Tigers.
0: absolutely uh you know they've had they've lost the past few but you can't really blame that you know they had to go on the road play st louis play the avalanche back to back those are two really good teams top tier uh danny you seem to be itching to say something so let's hear it
1: well one thing i wanted to bring up that you guys uh were forgetting about was obviously you talk about raymond and you talk about cider two amazing (coughs) two amazing uh players who are both rookies and will be called their finalists but one player that you guys are forgetting is uh alex nadelkovich they just got him from carolina still eligible for the calder this year even though he did play last year but i mean he's a great goaltender and he's been playing great this year another player that they're going to be able to rebuild around so i just want to make sure that his name gets brought brought up because he's going to be another key part of the red wings future success
3: the funny thing about the the I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his name but the funny thing about him is we talked a lot about um i can't think of his get it out come on can't think of his <laughs> name goaltender for the red wings can't jimmy think. howard jimmy howard thank you we talked a lot about jimmy howard and we've talked about it a lot recently is howard is a goalie that we really grew up on he was the goalie back when they were making the playoffs they lost to tampa that one year they lost to, i believe boston one year and Howard was what we thought of as the goalie of the future. I really think that the – not even going to pronounce his name, but that goalie is in the same shoes that Howard was in one year where he really could be considered the goalie of the future.
4: So the Red Wings do take on the New York Islanders tonight at home, 7 o'clock at Little Caesars Arena. Who do you guys got tonight? I got the –
2: I'm going to say I got the Red Wings. Coming off three straight losses, the Wings are going to come out hot tonight. Actually, their last win being the Islanders – I know me and Noah's buddy Stu is not gonna be too happy tonight. You know, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> he's not gonna be too happy when the Wings come skating down, putting the puck in the back of the net. Not them.
0: at all. I got the Red Wings too. They're coming off a few days rest and they need a win now. They're only a point off the wild card, I believe, and they're really looking to make a playoff push with such a young team. And the Islanders stink. They're not very good. One of probably one of the, if not the most disappointed teams this year after having such a great playoff run last year. Now I can they, they just don't seem to
3: be uh finding finding the puck in the net. I'm gonna take the other spot. I got the Islanders with the upset on the road. The last time the Red Wings played them a couple of weeks ago, they took the Red Wings to overtime. You got Connor McDavid on that team. You got Leon Just just
1: at Derek, that's the Oilers, not the Islanders.
3: I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to uh, bring it back to the Islanders Well, real hold, quick. hold on, hold on.
1: I, I would like to put in my two cents. See, Derek, uh, I would agree with you. Well, I was agreeing with you when you are saying you thought the Islanders would win because I honestly think that they're going to take a close game, possibly even into overtime because yeah. no matter who they start in goalie, the Islanders they have uh, uh, Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin, two amazing uh, Russian goaltenders. and Obviously, they're a good team. They saw it last year when they made that deep playoff push, and I think that they could, you know, possibly pull one out tonight. So,
2: One last note with the Islanders and having a disappointing season. You know, I thought <clears throat> many people thought the Islanders were going to have a much better season this year. You know, coming off, yeah. they, they made a kind of a deep playoff run without their captain. Yeah, And they got him back this year, and they just aren't playing. I don't know what's up with the Islanders, but that's another reason I got the wings tonight. They just have not been playing good hockey. All
0: right next league well, not necessarily league but college basketball what a wild season it's been
3: just i think i've heard like four number one seeds or something like that so far this year yeah i think there's been
1: four different number ones already and we're like yeah. what two months into the season two months, yeah, nobody's safe
0: nobody's safe at all you can't you can't you don't want to be number one this is probably the worst time for any team to catch hot like look good right now because it's just so early and there's still a few months till march a lot of pressure yeah still a lot of ball left to play
1: yep
4: speaking of being scared Noah, as being a michigan fan they're six and four fifth in the big ten no wins against any ranked teams and all losses against unranked teams do you have any concerns for the rest of the season
0: yes i do uh Derek. uh well jones is probably like the most disappointing part of the team he doesn't seem to know how to run an offense he like he seems scared of the ball Coastal Carolina he's the main scorer he kind of did it all but now he has to play a team basketball aspect where you know Juwan Howard really wants them to play team basketball play tough defense and Eli Brooks and Hunter Dickinson they're playing they're gonna get their points but they're not nobody's playing with any passion no one's playing with any heart nobody's playing any defense uh, only Diabate is the only one I see out there hustling for When I watch the games and, But he's, he's only playing like 15-20 minutes a game So there's only so much he can do I am very worried Hopefully if they pick it up near the end of the season They could make a deep playoff run Just because they have strong guard Strong like deep guard play Both seniors
3: But if not then it's going to They might not even make the tournament
2: A lot of selfish basketball
3: Every- Everyone take a deep breath here for a second Remember, Jawan Howard was the coach of the year last year, so obviously he knows what he's doing in Ann Arbor. They got two really easy easy games coming up against Southern Utah this Saturday and then Purdue-Fort Wayne December 21st against, or that is, both games in Ann Arbor. I think those are two games to really find out your identity and to get just two big confidence boosts. College basketball really doesn't matter until March. Once you start, if you're going to be a team streaking at the right time, you want to be able to streak in March, and you want to be able to get – your players going in march and i really think that's something that's going to happen with michigan
4: well Derek, it's kind of hard to get hot in march if you don't even make the tournament and michigan is currently concerned about that
3: yeah Yeah, 100 percent right
2: the purdue Purdue game is going to be a total tell i mean i don't think it's going to look pretty for michigan but
0: well like southern utah like playing those teams like fort wayne purdue uh you know, they've already played Tarleton State. I thought when they killed Tarleton State, that would be the reset when they needed after having tough losses to St. Louis and Minnesota. But yeah. it clearly wasn't. It clearly was just like they're a better basketball team. They make more money. They like had the five-star recruits. Tarleton State doesn't. But losing to Minnesota at home by 10 is really embarrassing. Minnesota is obviously a solid team. I don't think they're top 25, but they might make the tournament as a 9-10 seed. But it's just you can't like you can't come into this season being top four preseason, and then like not even like being able to play with any of the top teams that you're going against.
1: Yeah, I don't see any way this year that Michigan is not making the tournament. I mean, you come in, Jawan Howard gets the number one recruiting class in the country. He gets players like Caleb Houston, who's a five star, coming off an Elite Eight run where honestly they really should have beaten that UCLA team that yeah. uh, knocked off well knocked off everyone pretty much on their way and even if they get into the tournament as a low seed like an eight a nine a ten or even like a final four in like michigan state was last year i think that they can still get hot and get rolling because this team is good enough to win they got a lot of great players and i think that's just when they put it all together that's when they'll start to finally start playing good and finally start making an impact in the big ten and in the whole entire country
0: hopefully well i'd say that's Let's uh, as a group try to figure out who's the true number one team in basketball this year. Linden, let's hear it.
4: Baylor. I think it's Baylor. Baylor's coming off a historic win against Villanova, 57 to 36. This is, or yeah, uh, Villanova was held to the fewest points and l- lowest field goal percentage under the head coach Jay Wright ever, and held under 40 points for the first time since 1979. And this is a historically good program. And 39 points scored by Villanova is the fewest points. Scored by an AP top 10 team since the shot clock rule. I think this team is something serious, and they're gonna make a serious run in March.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Baylor's looking like the top premier team right now. Even though they lost a lot of starters after winning the national championship this year, it's looking really good for them to repeat. You know, they got a new f- fresh blood, and they just keep pounding teams that they're playing. Villanova's a top program; they're a top four seed, but they they're just then they they've gone the lengths with UCLA and. And just a lot of other teams in Gonzaga, but it's not looking good for them.
1: I honestly think that the number one team right now is Baylor, but I think by the end of the season they won't be the number one team and they won't be winning the national championship. But I think that one team that has a dark horse shot is Arizona. 9-0 and oh already on the season. They beat in teams like Illinois and Michigan, and they're looking good. They're rolling right now, and yeah. I think that if they keep that up, they could really surprise some people in March.
4: Well, Arizona, I think if Kofi Cockburn got the amount of handles he was supposed to have that game, they would have easily won. They only lost by, what, four? Four, yeah. In the final minutes of the game, Kofi didn't really have the ball a lot of that game. I think if Kofi did, that game would have turned out differently for Arizona, and Illinois would be ranked right now.
0: Yeah, Lyndon, what is wrong with Illinois? What's going on?
4: Man, if I knew, I'd have a job right now, but I don't. (laughs) Illinois, they're, they're such a bipolar program. They're good, they're hot, they're cold. It really, we'll have to see in March whether or not they're serious. Like every year, Jameis Winston of college basketball.
3: You <laughs> never <laughs> know what you're gonna get. Going back to the number one seeds, I've made a lot of controversial takes in today. So let's just let's just throw another controversial take on the field. I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils. I really believe in Coach Gates' his last year coaching, and I really feel like they've got a really solid program. They got a really solid team. They got. Paolo Benchero, who's easily could be a top five pick. They got Wendell Moore Jr., both of which are averaging 17.8 points per game. They got Tri- Trevon Keels, who's averaging 11.9 points per game. That, they had that one upset win against Ohio State and Ohio State. Other than that, they've looked like a really solid team. They beat a Kentucky team who is, was ranked top ten when they beat them. I see the Duke Blue Devils coming out as national champions come March. I mean, Derek,
1: Derek I don't uh, know how you can call that really too hot of a take considering that they are the second-best second, team second in the country team. right now. They're number two.
2: Sorry if I heard you wrong, but did you say they beat Ohio State? They lost?
1: They lost.
3: Yeah, that's Did not. I say they yeah. beat Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, I they well, lost to
1: Ohio well, State. Well, you, it, it, you said that it was an upset win, but, yeah, yeah you, we, we understood that you meant yeah. what you meant. So
2: Actually... I'm agreeing with Derek on this one. I'm going to take Duke. Coach K last season, iconic coach in college basketball. He's not If this was going to be his last year, he's not going to go out on a bad year. He obviously believes in his team, and I think this is going to be the year for him. I mean, big loss against Ohio State. Completely I mean, that's going to suck, but that. teams are going to agree. And I think that's honestly, in the long run, going to help out Duke. Like we were talking about earlier, if they're undefeated right now, ranked number one in the country, you know, that's going to be a lot of pressure. But if they can kind of stay behind and come in at the end, that's what's going to win them. All right, well, we'll
0: keep this short and quick. Coach K, I don't believe, is a very good person. I don't <laughs> believe he's going to do much uh, come March. Uh, I'm just going to give one small pick. I'm sure everyone could could find a way to agree with this. Gonzaga. Gonzaga's okay. going to win it. Drew Timmy, Chet okay. Holmgren. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, it was a lot of fun for me and all my colleagues. You know, we got Derek Steele. Reese Meech, Lennon Potter, Danny Babcock. You can catch our next episode Friday. Uh, It's the second one. It's the second to last one before the new year starts. And thank you all for listening.
4: Peace.